Good morning. Welcome to St. Paul's and a special welcome to our visitors who are worshiping with us today. So you open that new present, whether it's a game or a toy, and it says, some assembly required. You start putting it together, you think, oh, I got this, I can figure this out, I know what I'm doing here. And before you know it, where does this piece go? What's this thing do? Well, this is way too tight, this won't work here at all. And you have to go back to the instructions. It's time to take a deeper look to figure out what's really going on here because you've made a mess of things. That's happened to most, if not all of us, hasn't it? Well, today we take a deeper look at God's law because we've made a mess of it and we ask the Lord for cleansing for our dirty and distant hearts. We'll follow along the order of service as it's printed out for you in the worship folder and projected on the wall. Let's begin with our opening hymn, Lord Jesus Christ, be present now, hymn 230.
Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, to know your Son, Jesus, is life. Give us the grace to know him and to worship you in spirit and in truth. Conform our lives to your design and cast away from us everything that hinders our true worship. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated for our scripture lessons. Our first lesson for today taken from Deuteronomy chapter 4. As the Israelites were preparing to enter the promised land, the Lord wanted to remind them, keep taking a deeper look at my law. Don't just think you know it. Don't add to it or subtract to it because that reflects on me. As you live out my word, the nations around you are going to see that. That's still true for you and me today. Now Israel, hear the decrees and laws I am about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live and go in and take possession of the land the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. Do not add to what I command you, and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear about these things and decrees and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I am setting before you today? Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. This is the word of our God. Our psalm today, Psalm 119c, reminds us to meditate and think about and let God's law permeate our hearts and lives.
Our second lesson today, taken from James chapter 1, will serve as the basis for our sermon. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of firstfruits of all he had created. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and, after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that, our God, that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. This is the word of our God. Please stand in honor of the gospel. The gospel from Mark chapter 7. Jesus reminds us that the law is not just external things. This is what we do. and It's a matter of the heart. Uh, that God's word is able to divide and pierce to the heart of the matter and reveals our sinful hearts. Lord Jesus, cleanse us by your word. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders, instead of eating their food with defiled hands? He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for the hymn of the day, 459.
Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Heavenly Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word we consider in our sermon today, the second lesson from James chapter 1. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. As I looked through the newsletter for this month at church, I couldn't help but notice all the birthdays. So you try to count those names in the three columns of September birthdays among our members, there's about 75 of them. That's an awful lot of birthdays. And it's an awful lot of presents that I'm sure will be exchanged, given and received on those birthdays. Now, birthday presents are pretty difficult to get because it takes a lot of thought to find just the right gift that's going to be either practical or personalized for the person. It takes effort to find a gift that's going to brighten someone's day. And birthday gifts and cards also cost money. Could you imagine buying just the perfect birthday gift for everyone on those September birthdays? That would be impossible for you and me. But it's something that our Heavenly Father has been doing for centuries and millennia, and he continues to do for us all, even today. Our Heavenly Father, he does not change no matter how much time passes on the sundial. He is consistent and constant. He gives the best gifts. James talks to us today about a few of those gifts. Let's take a look at perfect birthday presents from our Heavenly Father. First, we'll talk about seeds, then a mirror, and a spyglass. When people think about the perfect present that they want, that they want to ask for and put on their list, usually it's things like a new toy or a game, a new device or a phone, a special meal out or or an experience, a getaway for their birthday. But seeds? Who would want seeds? Seeds are so basic. When you think about it, seeds are important. Seeds are the beginning of life. James talks to you and me about some seeds here. Even though he doesn't use the word seed, he says that God the Father chose to give us birth through the word of truth. And he talks about that word that has been planted in us. This is something God the Father chose to do. It's something he planned before the beginning of time. He arranged down through the centuries leading up to your and my life. And during our life, he delivered it to us through his word. That word had to be planted inside of us. We needed something from outside of us because in truth, we were dead. Dead in our sins. Spiritually dead and headed for eternal death. Dead in our sins, unable to do anything to please God on our own or to come to him. We were dead. And this is way different than most people think about life or the world or our human existence. But this is the truth from God's word. Yet God took his word and he sent it straight to our heart, planted it inside us, and that word 
That message of Jesus, our Savior, gave us life. It gave us new birth. It gives us an eternal plot in paradise above. And that word, the word of God's truth, has given us a new identity. We're new people. James said that that word is a kind of first fruits of all he created. James was talking to Jewish Christians scattered around the Mediterranean world. And even beyond that, it was like James and the Lord was saying, you Christians who have been given new life by God's powerful word, wherever you go, wherever life takes you, you can scatter that seed of God's word so that the same seed of God's word that gave you life can be planted in others and God can give life to more people as well. You're just the beginning, the first wave, the first fruits. There's more to come. This picture of God's word being a seed planted in us to give us life, that's something that not just James talked about, the apostle Peter agreed with, and he mentioned in his first letter too. He says, you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. Now, if you've ever gotten a seed, maybe for an experiment or for your garden, you've probably noticed that seeds are not too fast. Seeds are slow. You plant it and you water it, and it takes days, even weeks, to sprout and grow and flourish. James reminded that you and me, who have the seed of God's word planted in us, to be slow in a few different ways. Be slow to speak. Be slow to get angry. Be slow when it comes to being impulsive and letting your tongue wag and say whatever it wants. It happens to so many people. Words have a way of getting away from us. Between fathers and mothers and their children, between husbands and wives, between brothers and sisters, between friends, co-workers, and church members, one snippy comment sets a spark. A retort ignites a flame. And before you know it, there's a blazing argument with yelling and screaming and pounding and slamming. Anger erupts so easily among us. James says, be slow to speak. Slow to become angry. Just like a seed is slow, doesn't move too fast. And what oftentimes adds fuel to the fire of anger is this immoral filth that James speaks about and the evil that is so prevalent among you. The word in the original for that filth has to do with greed. When hearts are set on toys and money and stuff, it's all the more easily going to be confused and lash out in hatred against other people, where there's evil prevalent among each other, constantly mistreating each other. There's going to be flare-ups. There's going to be quickness to bicker and, and raging out at each other. When it comes to anger, there is a time and a place for it. Jesus himself got angry about sin and stubborn hearts. But our rude remarks, our quick tempers, our heated arguments, those things only lead to an inferno of condemnation. 
That's why this gift from our Heavenly Father, the seed of God's Word planted in us, that's why it's so practical and so important for each of us. James said, the Word planted in you, humbly accept it because it can save you. God's Word saves us from the inferno. It saves us from His righteous wrath toward us. It saves us from the flames. For those who humbly accept this rebuke and gently accept that word planted in us, we're saved. Not just on our birthday, but every day. Perfect birthday gifts from our Heavenly Father that we can use every day. The seed of His word. But also a mirror. Mirrors are everywhere we go, aren't they? There are mirrors on walls around our house. There are mirrors in bathrooms. Some people carry mirrors around in their purses so they can check their makeup. And now with smartphones, pretty much everybody has a mirror. You pull up the camera app and flip the screen around and you've got your own high-tech mirror. We check our mirrors all the time, don't we? To make sure there isn't a, an eyebrow hair that's straying or the makeup needs touching up. Got to straighten the tie or tuck in the shirt. How foolish it would be to get out your mirror, take a look, forget about yourself, and just walk away. To do nothing about that makeup smudge or to keep that disheveled look all day and not have a professional look when you need it. It would be foolishness. Don't just look and not do anything about it. That's what James is talking about here. James tells us, don't just be listeners with God's word, be doers. Don't merely listen to the word, do what it says. Don't merely listen to the word, but how to use your mouth and your words. The word, when it talks about not cursing or swearing or using hurtful words at other people or using the Lord's name in vain, put the brakes on your tongue. Keep a tight rein on it. Do what the Word says. Don't merely listen to the Word when it comes to greed. Let your budget and your spending reflect godly priorities, supporting the Lord's work and those in need around you and caring for your own family before all the fun and the frills. Don't merely listen to the Word about the contaminating influence of the world around you. Turn off the filthy TV shows. Block the tempting websites. Filter them. Stay away from the computer. Put safeguards on yourself. Put a cork in the bottle before you drink too much. And if you can't do that, dump it down the drain. Stop wasting huge chunks of time and days and weeks I'm just sitting around and being idle. Work. Serve. Grow as a blessing to others. There are areas of your life where you're out of control and you can't control yourself. Talk to a Christian friend that you trust. Talk to one of your pastors. Get some help. Don't merely listen to the word. Do what it says. Don't merely listen to the word when it comes to honoring authority. Listen to your parents. Obey your teachers. Carry out the assignments that they give you. 
Don't merely listen to the word when it comes to being a godly husband and father. Show love to the wife that the Lord has given you. Be considerate of her. Lead your family spiritually in devotions and prayers and in worship attendance. Don't merely listen to the word. Do what it says. Because faith without follow-through, faith without deeds, is dead. More worthless than a shattered mirror when you need to see what you look like. James says here, look intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. What's that talking about? As God uses the word law in his word, the word law can take on slightly different connotations. It can mean slightly different things. Sometimes the word law refers to God's law, which tells us what to do and not to do. The demands God's law makes on us. One of the two main teachings of God's word, the law. The law can also refer to a portion of God's word, or just the Old Testament, or all of God's word. Law can refer to a general principle, like the law of gravity. The word law in the scriptures can even refer to the other main teaching of God's word, that part of his word which gives us forgiveness and brings us hope and refreshes us, namely the gospel. The way James uses the word law here, he's talking about law that brings freedom. And Where else do we find that but in Jesus? As we gaze intently into God's word at Jesus that gives us freedom from the devil's control by his perfect obedience. Jesus gives us freedom from sin by his death on the cross. Jesus gives us freedom from death by his resurrection on Easter. Jesus gives freedom from guilt and despair and condemnation. And this is that mirror that our Heavenly Father gives us, that perfect birthday gift. It's a cross-shaped mirror that we can look intently into. As we look into God's Word and see Jesus, that's how God wants us to see ourselves. That's how God views us and how we can and should look at ourselves. By looking in faith at Jesus, God sees you and me as his holy, perfect children. Check that cross-shaped mirror daily and often throughout the, the day. Remember what you look like as a child of God and do it. Act on it. Live that out and you will be blessed as you use your money to God's glory, as you use your tongue and words to God's glory in ways that build other people up, as you lead your family and love your wife, as you keep away from the pollution and the contaminating influence of the world, you'll be blessed in all you do. Keep checking that cross-shaped mirror to remind yourself of your identity in Christ and to live that way. There's another gift, perfect present that our Father gives us. It's a spyglass. Some of us might not know what a spyglass is. It was invented over 400 years ago. It looks like half of a binoculars, a little telescope. And they would use it out on ships so that they could see things far away in the distance 
It would tell them which direction to go and which direction to avoid. They could see land ahead or rocks that they needed to watch out for. They could see another ship that was in distress so that they could go and help it. Spy glasses are still used, and they're great toys, great presents. So you can see things out in nature, maybe a bird or a deer far off. You can see things at the big game, a stadium full of people. Or you can even be a child and pretending, playing pirates out in the backyard. But the spyglass God gives us in James 1 helps us refocus our religion. It helps us to know whom to focus on and where to go to put our faith into action. James says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. That's something that God has had his heart set on way back in the beginning. When God gave the promised land to the Israelites, he commanded them to look out for the fatherless and the widows and the foreigners. They would leave some of the food, some of the grain, some of the crops in their fields so that those people who were in need could come and take that and glean and be fed. Jesus, too, in Mark chapter 7, he scolded the Jews because they weren't taking care of their own parents He said, honor your father and mother and don't let other financial obligations get in the way of that. Take care of them as they age. Especially if your father dies and your mother's a widow, care for them. God commanded also through Paul in the New Testament to take care of widows, uh, to take care of those who are really in need and who are aging and who are well known for their godly living. He instructed through Paul also that Christians who fail to care for their relatives, especially their immediate family members, have denied the faith and are worse than an unbeliever. Taking care of the widows and needy was so important to the early church that there in Jerusalem, when that work was getting overlooked and some widows weren't being cared for, the church chose and called seven other men to help make sure that that important work got taken care of. Caring for those who are in need, such as widows or orphans, is not just supporting them financially. It includes going to visit them, encouraging them, and talking to them about their bridegroom, Jesus, who lives and is always faithful to them. Let's use that spyglass Let's watch out for people who are in need and let's look after them. Go to help them. Spyglass is one of our Heavenly Father's perfect birthday presents for us. What's the worst thing that you can do with a birthday present? Nothing. To leave it unused and toss it aside is the highest insult to the one who gave you that present. But a well-used birthday present, that brings honor and joy to the one who gave it and joy to you yourself as well. Think about that picture book that you gave to your grandchild that he pages through day after day, maybe even nibbles on it a little bit. Think about the flannel that you gave to your sister and she loves snuggling up in that, wearing it every fall. 
or the baseball mitt that you gave to your son he uses for his ball games season after season. A well-used gift brings joy to the one who gave it and the one who received it. Let's use these gifts from our Father. Let's put them into action, put them into practice. The seeds of his word that gave us life and save us Let's scatter that to others because we're just first fruits. The cross-shaped mirror. Let's look into that and remember our identity in Christ and live as God's children. The spyglass so we can look out for and look after those who are in need all around us. That's putting religion into the proper focus. Let's thank our Heavenly Father. Not just on our birthday, but every day of the year with these perfect gifts that he has given to us. Amen. Please stand. I may the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We join to sing the Te Deum. Our offerings of thanks will be brought forward.
In the morning, O Lord, I call to you. Be merciful to me and hear my prayer. Jesus, we praise you for cleansing our dirty and distant hearts with your perfect obedience, your blood, and your powerful word. Help us to search your word and by your spirit live in love to thank you every day. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your care for Roxy Coward as she continues through procedures for her pacemaker. We also ask you to watch over Bob Johnson as he faces another procedure for his back later this week on Friday. Be with your children to grant them every good and perfect gift according to your unchanging will to bless your sons and daughters in Christ. And in Jesus' name we join to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us safely to this new day. Defend us with your mighty power and grant that this day we neither fall into sin nor run into any kind of danger. And in all we do, direct us to what is right in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Let us praise the Lord. Bless and keep you. The Lord's face ever shine upon you. The Lord grant you peace for all your days.
Thank you so much for worshiping with us in God's house today. A pleasure to have you as well as our visitors worshiping with us. Uh, this after this morning, between services, we've got Family Bible Hour here in the sanctuary. This is our last weekend on 2 Corinthians. So we'll be looking at 12, and if we get into it, maybe 13 a little bit, the chapter. Uh, there's going to be child care provided down on the other end of the building for those who desire that. And then uh, please, please join us in the sanctuary for that Bible class. Starting this next week, things are going to be kicking into a higher gear with the other Bible classes that we offer throughout the week, some on Tuesday evening, some on Thursday evening, on Wednesday morning, uh, and then next Sunday we'll start having our Sunday Bible class down in the gym, and that'll be an evangelism unit uh, as well as, I think, a Life of Jesus, the Messiah unit, too. So uh, you can check out that trifold pamphlet. There are more copies of that in the narthex if you haven't seen it yet with all of the Bible studies that we've got planned for the year. Also, next Sunday starts Sunday school again. Um, and so if you haven't signed your children up for that, there's a registration link that you can click on through our website in the slider. Uh, that's on the homepage of our website. It kind of slides across some main things. One of those is Sunday school registration. You can click on the link for that as well as in the electronic version of the announcements. So if you go to the blog on our website with this weekend, it's got the worship service, the bulletin, the announcements. There are links you can click on in that uh, electronic version of the announcements to register for the trivia night and to register for adult choir, which is coming up in another week or so, and the Sunday school registration as well. So all kinds of things to sign up for coming up. Uh, the next thing I've got on my list is the Wells Connection. So we'll watch this month's Wells Connection. 